Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf, and welcome to my podcast. Each week, I focus on topics related to mental health and discuss ways to help you deal with issues like anxiety, depression, shame, guilt, PTSD, and more. I've spent the last 30 years researching the mind-brain connection and mental health. I worked with patients who suffered from traumatic brain injuries, struggled with anxiety, battled with learning issues, and often worked with families to resolve major relationship and communication problems. In this podcast, you will hear the advice I gave to my patients and the techniques I developed and used to help them find healing. My goal is to give you simple, effective, and practical tips and tools to help you take back control over your mental, emotional, and physical health. Before I begin today's discussion, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has supported this podcast, either by leaving a review, spreading the word, sharing episodes with friends and family, and posting about this podcast on social media. I love reading your reviews and learning how I can make this podcast even more helpful. Now back to today's podcast. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about the dangers of the self-help industry and how it's contributing to the loneliness epidemic and what we should be doing instead. The self-help industry is a $45 billion industry and growing, but this self-help industry is not helping. I personally take issue with the self-help industry and even though there's some great golden nuggets to be gained, just the word self-help is already a problem. Because yes, we do need to be able to self-help ourselves, but the the predominant focus of the self-help industry is focusing on the self as an individual. And we know from research in medicine, research in sociology, research in, in economics, research in just about every field that humans are not designed to work as an individual alone. It's not about you. It's about you in the world. So if we have, if we are encouraged just to develop me instead of me in the world, it's only half the picture. It's only one side of the coin. If you're constantly desiring to set, talk about my goals, my vision, my purpose, my happiness, my, 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 me, myself, and I, it's a distorted perspective. Because yes, you you can have goals and vision and purpose and, and happiness, but it's not just about everything for you. It's about being connected in deep, meaningful ways with the world. And in that way, that's how you actually achieve those things. You can't do this alone. This is something to be done. We As humans, we're not meant to be alone. In fact, people die from loneliness. As many people are dying from loneliness as they are from cardiovascular disease, autoimmune diseases, and um, cancers, and various different types of diseases. What we've got to be very careful of is that it creates the self-help industry can create a preoccupation with the self. 
I do lectures all around the world. I speak in various different organizations. And I can see there's such a desire in people to change and to grow. And so it's naturally great to read these books and to get this information. And as I mentioned already, there's a lot of golden nuggets in the self-help industry. But what I have noticed is that people talk a lot about me, myself, and I, and their goals and my vision and this individualization, this focus on the self distorts perspectives and values. You don't see the big picture. You only see the details of your issues. And this isolates you. It contributes to loneliness. It disconnects you from others. Self-centeredness even breeds envy and jealousy and negative feedback loops are set up. Strong individuation, which is being so self-involved, is in fact dangerous to our physical and mental health and well-being. Research shows that the more you use I words, which are me, myself, and mine, the more you multiply your risk of dying from heart disease. A study was done by Schwartz and Graham in the Journal of Psychosomatic Medicine, and they found that the frequency that subjects refer to themselves using me, myself, and I, or I, mine, me, I, was a greater predictor of them dying from heart disease than high blood pressure and cholesterol. They discovered that people who suffered heart attacks refer to themselves significantly more than others. The Japanese, on the other hand, have the lowest heart disease in the world, despite the fact that smoking, which is one of the strongest risk factors for heart disease, is virtually universal amongst Japanese men. Japan also has the world's largest number of centenarians. Those are people that live to 100 and and older. Various different studies done by Len Syme at Berkeley University have shown that the main factor for this long lifespan is the community focus and community lifestyle of the Japanese. What they found as well from other studies is that when the Japanese move to America and they don't live in that same community and they adopt a Western go-ahead self-help individualized lifestyle, their heart attack increases by three to five times. However, Those that maintained their social networks and their deep meaningful connections and support were protected against heart disease, irrespective of whether they smoked or suffered from high blood pressure. So we're seeing that, yes, there's many more studies, but we're seeing a very, very strong association between how you live your life as an individual, disconnected from others, or focusing predominantly on yourself because you can never completely disconnect from others, versus those that are forming deep, meaningful connections and recognize the need for deep, meaningful connections. Len Syme did more research at Berkeley with various different PhD students. And what they did was ask, they sent out a survey and they asked Japanese what the most important thing was in terms of them being a human. And their answers were consistently to be part of a community and to make a difference in the community. When those same questions were asked to Americans, their answer was achieving their goals, achieving their purpose, fulfilling their vision. So very much about I, I, I. Individualization leads to the philosophy that it's up to the individual alone to solve problems and that the problem is located within the individual and more specifically between the ears. So your brain made you do it. So for example, when we see the mass shootings increasing in frequency, this is seen very often as a problem of the individual and not the individual in society. The individual is seen as mentally ill and that the fact that the individual is mentally ill, that's the problem behind the motivation to kill. However, that's only one side of the coin. Obviously, there is an issue in the individual, but you have to consider the individual's relationships and their connections within the community. 
The increased suicide rate is also predominantly seen as a private affair, where the individual's reasons for wanting to die are assumed to be related to something inside of themselves as an individual, but not in terms of their meaningful connections. Are they lonely? The relationship to society, community. However, research by the social scientist Emil Durkheim shows suicide is often a result of the dissolving of human connection and less social integration, as opposed to only a problem in the individual. Durkheim showed that suicide rates are higher amongst those without social attachments, as well as those who feel that their identity, the core of their, who they are, the, the core of their humanity, has been shamed or attacked in some way, resulting in extreme loneliness and lack of hope. What I don't understand about this self-help industry is if you look at animals and the animal kingdom, they are socially interacting from birth to survive. That's how they learn their boundaries and, and how expectations are met and so on. For example, just recently, my eldest daughter got a puppy and a husky puppy. And it's only as he's integrated into groups with other dogs and they're playing and they nip at each other and the one yelps that they learn they've gone too far or one of the dogs nips at them, um, at him, then he, he'll yelp and he realizes he's gone too too far. So it's all through that interaction that boundaries are learned, that social connection is, and social cues are learned. If animals need this, how much more do humans need this? We need the social interaction to grow, to understand ourselves, to understand others. We can't do this alone. If you're constantly focusing on how to make yourself better at the expense of others, at the expense of deep, meaningful connections, you're leaving out the, the absolutely essential elements of being human. It's like baking a cake, but without half the ingredients. You've heard me talk numerous times about the importance of a healthy gut for your mental and brain health. One great way to boost your gut health is through bone broth. I love kettle and fire bone broth because not only do they offer many different options, but each one is so delicious and are packed with collagen, protein, and amino acids. Their bone broths are paleo-friendly, keto-friendly, Whole30 approved, and certified gluten-free. Get 15% off your order when you go to kettle and fire Dot com with the code Dr. Leaf, that is D R L E A F, at checkout. Sometimes when I'm in the studio all day recording podcasts or on the go traveling to conferences, I find I need something to help boost my energy and help me focus. That's why I love Four Sigmatic Coffee and Blends. Four Sigmatic is a natural superfood company that specializes in mushroom-based drinks that benefit our immunity, energy, and longevity and help us live healthier, more enhanced lives. The coffee is made with 100% organic Arabica beans and does not taste like mushrooms. Get 15% off your Four Sigmatic purchase today when you go to foursigmatic.com slash Dr. Leaf or use the discount code Dr. Leaf at checkout. That is D-R-L-E-A-F. The self-help industry is so focused on positivity, which is another issue, that to feel sad or depressed or anxious or whatever is seen as a flaw, whereas these are actually emotional warning signals that something is going on in your life that you need to deal with, that you need to process and reconceptualize, and that's also not realistic to constantly be happy all the time. You're not going to be happy all the time all the time. There are times when things get too much and there's too much work and there's too much going on and you feel that pressure and we've got to embrace that and process it and move on. The self-help industry pretty much says, you know, that you've got to just slap on the positive affirmations and, and if you say it enough times, you'll achieve your goals or if you believe strongly enough, you'll achieve your goals. And what happens when you don't? What happens if you don't achieve what you want to achieve? 
then there's this huge mental health challenge because you're thinking, oh, I'm not good enough. I didn't try hard enough. I didn't achieve the goal. It's my fault. And it starts attacking who you are as a person. It's unrealistic. It's unbalanced. It's the wrong perspective. You don't learn to manage expectations correctly. You can't see other possibilities. You don't see that you can learn from each other and learn from everything that you go through. You see the need to move beyond boundaries, the boundaries of ourselves as individuals, and to form and develop deep, meaningful connections is so vital to human beings. And it's hard, and you're going to bump your head, and you're going to meet people you don't like, and people you do like, and you're going to have up and down experiences. But that's all part of shaping who you are as a human. It's all part of deep, meaningful connection. It's often the key determinant, in fact, to whether we we remain healthy or sick, or even whether we will live or die. More and more research indicates that connection is more vital, deep meaningful connection is more vital than any exercise program, diet and so on, and protects us against the worst hardships and misfortunes. Recent research from Exeter University in Britain indicates that membership in groups of any kind is extremely strengthening and an important factor of overall health and mental well-being. They found that the higher your group membership and the stronger your relationships within the group, the lower your risk of death from all causes. And that could be any kind of group. It could be your church group. It could be a tennis group. It could be a book club. It could be a a group of friends that you do stuff together, a running group. Even catching the flu bug or getting infections is more related to the state of your deep, meaningful connection with others than the exposure to germs. Carnegie Mellon University showed that people with more robust and meaningful social connections had stronger immune systems, while the least sociable, those that were connecting the least, caught colds twice as fast. And according to Harvard political scientist Robert Putnam, if you belong to no groups, but then you decide to join one and you integrate meaningfully, you can potentially cut down your risk of dying over the next 12 months by half. Similarly, a group of researchers at Brigham Young University assembled data from 148 studies and and these studies were comparing the health and well-being with deep, meaningful relationships. And they found that relationships of any sort, good or bad, can improve your odds of survival by up to 50%. Isolation, on the other hand, was was comparable to smoking 15 cigarettes a day, being an alcoholic, and can be twice as dangerous as obesity. Unfortunately, this preoccupation with the self is fostered within societies that venerate individualism, power, competition, and keeping up with the Joneses. This philosophy, living for the self above all else, is a highly toxic state of being. We merge with the world around us, and deep, meaningful connections with people are how we survive mentally and physically. It's our deepest need. And we also need to move away from thinking it's a burden to ask others for help. We need to share. You don't have to feel guilty if you need to reach out to others. This individualization has put the pressure on the individual to solve their own problems alone. But that's not how we are going to function as humans. It's a balance between working on yourself and connecting with others. Connecting with others and sharing without being Feeling guilty about that helps to bring perspective and the kind of support necessary to help process and move forward through the the issues of life. We all need it. We all need to share and we all need to listen. Listening to others and helping in that non-judgmental and patient way is also going to help with healing. It's also building deep, meaningful connections. Studies have shown that those suffering, for example, from financial crises suffered practically no depression as long as they had the support of a group, like a church congregation or something like that. 
The regular connection, once again, deep, meaningful, supportive connections help people react in a way that buffered how they coped emotionally through the crisis. Other extensive research also shows that close family relationships, structures and socialization during childhood and into adulthood and on have been shown to offer lifelong protection against heart disease and other illnesses. Research is consistently showing that when a companion is present or we believe that loving support will be present or even when we just think about loving support, stress will work for us and not against us and our resilience to cope increases. Even the connection with a pet is protective in lowering blood pressure. We are realizing more and more through an enormous body of research, what we have intuitively known all along, that the beginning of many diseases is not merely the stress of life events, but how we react to the stress of life events. And when we have deep, meaningful connections, we can react and learn to react in ways that can protect our mental and physical health. This every man for himself attitude nurtured in the West, principally in American society, can be deadly, especially to our hearts. There's numerous studies that show that the cynical, self-absorbed, judgmental, hostile people of this world are more likely to die from cardiovascular disease. Dean Ornish, considered the foremost heart expert, has discovered an astonishing statistic. The highest risk factors for cardiovascular disease, which is heart disease, are mind related and these were these are the ones he identified isolation from others suppressing our emotions not dealing with toxic issues and isolation from a higher power in other words feeling disconnected in this world all of these relate to the way we manage our minds so what should we be doing instead first thing is look at family are you spending quality time together are you listening to your family members and showing empathy non-judgmental empathy are you working on being patient and kind and forgiving? Are you doing fun things together, cooking together, eating together, planning holidays and outings together? Are you supporting each other's interests? Are you putting your cell phone down long enough to have a conversation? Are you tuning into the emotional needs of your family members? Think of ways you can do the above if you answered no to any of my questions. If you said yes, keep doing what you're doing. But very importantly, don't feel guilty about asking for help and don't judge others when they ask for help. Second thing you can do is join or start a social group, church group or a sports club, like sailing or running or tennis, whatever your interest is, a book club, a gardening club. The list is endless. Think of ways you can foster community in your daily life. For example, invite someone you notice who doesn't have many friends for dinner or to go for coffee. Someone who seems lonely, just invite them to come and chat with you or go for a walk. Or maybe it's a student in your class or a single mom at your church. Notice people in your community and help them to be part of your community. The third thing you can do is count how many times you use I, me and mine in conversation in a 24-hour period and aim to reduce this by at least 50%. A journal is helpful when it comes to tracking what you say and do on a regular basis and observing your behavior. Fourth thing you can do is make an effort to be aware of what other people are going through and support them in whatever way you can. This may sound very obvious, but if you're so involved with I, me and mine and focusing on your own goals, you won't be noticing what other people are going through. You won't notice the nonverbal communication, which is 50% of the communication, which is telling you that something's going on. Tune in to others. Fifth thing you can do is make random acts of kindness just a standard part of your day. For example, leave an encouraging note for a loved one. Text a friend or something to help them get through a tough spot. Take a meal to someone you know who is under pressure. Pay for a stranger's meal. Buy a pet for someone who's lonely. Sixth thing you can do. Check if you have a competitive me, myself and I philosophy and work on reducing this. 
Seventh thing you can do, check if you are in toxic stress because of trying to do it all yourself using positive affirmations like a band-aid or maybe you're feeling guilty for asking help or maybe you're not listening to others. That will also put you in toxic stress. Maybe you're comparing your life to those around you or people on social media. If you are interested in learning more about mental health solutions and how to help yourself and others, I want to invite you to my 2019 Mental Health Solutions Summit in Dallas, Texas, December 6 and 7. This conference is perfect for parents looking for tips and techniques to help their children, employers and managers looking for solutions to employee burnout and stress, educators looking for information on how to help students manage anxiety, life coaches looking for more practical and applicable mental health care resources for their clients, medical professionals looking to increase their knowledge of mental health and how to incorporate techniques into their work, and so much more. This conference is focused on providing practical, easily applicable and accessible and scalable solutions to mental health related issues. I highly recommend getting a group together and getting your tickets now before we are sold out. We will also be offering CME and CEU credits. For more information, go to drleafconference.com. The link will also be in the show notes. So, in conclusion, the deep human need that we have to move beyond the boundaries of ourselves as individuals and to form deep, meaningful connections is so vital. It's often a key determinant as to whether we remain healthy or get sick or whether we will live or die. So I challenge you today to find someone and invite them for coffee or send a supportive text to someone in your family who you know is going through something. Take that first step. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leith.